on maynard.com.au. Welcome, listener, to Oxford Street, Paddington. I'm walking up just past uh, GA Zinc and Sons, past a whole bunch of other stores that some of them weren't here in the 90s. But in the 90s, Lance Leppard was out there. Listen to the sound of the city. Dishing the dirt, doing the gossip, and watching every possible show he ever could in one weekend. Catch up with Lance for a lunch with Lance. We will now take you to Lance's Ivory Tower, where secrets are both hidden and revealed. Hey, listen to that traffic. Back in the 90s, Oxford Street wasn't a highway. It was actually a street. We are here in Lance's Ivory Tower lair. He's watching a movie. Good to see you again. You're looking very well, all basic black today. I'm wearing black because my hair is black and I'm going to have a pale period and then a tanned winter. I'm feeling dreadful. I'm sick at heart. I'm guilt-ridden and so should you be. I'll be guilty by the end of this, I'm pretty sure, Lance. We are watching... Valley of the Dolls. Valley of the Dolls. May the year I was born, from the second best-selling novel in history after the Bible. You can't really call the Bible a novel. A lot of fiction in there, but... It is the show business Bible. And the only person who ends up happy in this film is the cunt of the film. I'm sorry I said that wrong, but there's no other way to explain Helen Lawson. Does she come off well because she marries into money? or how does she... she retains her career and isn't a mess at the end of it. She does that by walking over other people? A barracuda, in her own words. Here she is. Who in hell are you? Who in hell are you? I'm tired and I'm busy. What do you want? That's you, isn't it, Lance? I'm tired and I'm busy. What do you want? No, never. Madonna would have a hit if she played. She's 60. She could play Helen Lawson and snap the one song out and snap all the nasty dialogue and get her wig ripped off. Hasn't this been remade at least no, once? Never. never. Why? television. Oh. Was it a hit at the time? No, it wasn't. A lot of strippers like this movie. Well, yeah, they identify with Sharon Tate, who plays the talentless showgirl of the piece and is devastatingly beautiful. That guy looks like the guy who played the lead in Spaceballs. I have not seen Spaceballs. <laughs> Natalie Wood starting Meteor. That meteor is five miles wide and it's definitely going to hit us. I would say if you were going to set people off into a life of cult and camp cinema, Valley of the Dolls, 1967, is a good way to start. It's totally 60s. Is it compulsory for drag queens to watch this? Well, here's Sharon Tate playing a talentless showgirl. I believe drag queens can be referred to as showgirls without upsetting Jermaine. I feel a little top-heavy. I feel a little top-heavy. I'm not sure if Sharon Tate had no talent and is playing a talentless showgirl or if she had talent and is brilliantly playing a talentless showgirl. But Patty Duke here playing nearly O'Ara is a belligerent from the beginning to the end and gets what she deserves. Mommy Dearest is known as a very famous and quotable film, but you have to be interested in that woman and that situation. This is just of its time and a great 60s film. Trashy novel into a trashier film. From whatever business you're in to whatever social scene you're in, you can relate, can't you? I suppose so. I mean, I wouldn't like to have to be an agent, Mm. although I have been known to sell gags in between bookings. (laughs) I think it's your intro music, Lance. This is is Helen Lawson's opening. I'll plant my own tree and I'll make it grow. (laughs) Now, the motion picture that shows what America's all-time number one bestseller first put into words. I wasn't much of a man living with you, Neely, but that's over. With that little whore! That little whore makes me feel nine feet tall. Dolls, the instant turn-off for instant love. Ultimate hell, 
starring Barbara Parkins as Anne, good girl with a million-dollar face and all the bad breaks. She took the green pills. But how do you think I feel sneaking out of your apartment at 4 o'clock in the morning? Patty Duke as Neely, who was such a nice kid, and then someone put her name in lights and turned her into a lush. She took the red pills. Neely, you know it's bad to take liquor with those pills. They work faster. Sharon Tate as Jennifer, international sex symbol. She took the blue pills. Let's face it. All I know how to do is take off my clothes. Susan Hayward as Helen Lawson, who had the talent to get to the top. A gut, fingernail, and claw fighter who went down swinging. She took the yellow pills. So you come crawling back to Broadway. Well, Broadway doesn't go for booze and dope. You get out of my way. I've got a guy waiting for me. That's a switch from the bags you're usually stuck with. At least I never had a marry one. You take that back in your hands off. Now on the screen, with every shock and sensation intact, the all-time bestseller is the motion picture you wanted it to be, Valley of the Dolls. This is a very nice bedroom you've got here too, Lance. We're going to do each other's hair in a moment. It's a Corny Collins record hop. It's Madison time. Hit it. Mashed potato. You're looking good. A big strong line. Lance has handed me an album which you should all have, uh, particularly for Australian. This is a Disco Fever by KTEL. It's a two-record set, kind of rare. Nothing you can say can tell me away from my guy. Nothing you can do, cause I'm stuck like glue to my guy. I'll sit by my guy like a saint to the letter, like birds of the feather weed. Why was Delilah a gay icon in Australia, Lance? Can you explain that? I remember when I was a kid reading the TV Week and there was a two-page spread on Delilah and I thought, who is Delilah? She had silver nails and a silver cat suit and short silver hair. I met her a few years ago. She was also known for doing the Campbell's cash and carry ads around Australia for a while too. I don't recall that. What, 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 Delilah? Campbell's are stuffed to the rafters with beautiful stuffed toys and dolls all just Three ninety nine each. That's three ninety nine. How much, Delilah? Don't you white folks listen? Where, 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 Delilah? This week only at Camel's Cats and Carol, and the white and yellow pages. Oh, oh, oh. That would have been when I wasn't watching TV because I had to go out every night. About season seven of Dynasty, yeah. I caught up. We had a very limited homegrown amount of disco favourites, but lots of one-hit wonders. Joe Hashem had a hit too. Well, I myself don't talk about a new world in the morning. New world in the morning, that's the day. Dark Tan sang Disco Lady. The disco Lady loves to dance. The Disco Lady loves romance. She knows the tune, she knows the cues. She loves the band, she loves the you are vocally challenged, Lance. What did you go with? Quesera Mi Vida All I'm gonna need is up to love Before you should go 
the Gibson Brothers. That was a very unusual song, Lance. I was getting into punk at that stage, and 1980 had disco. New wave. Actually, do you remember when you first heard your first punk song or anything like that? Because you would have been up in Brisbane, it would have been pre-Mega Men, you would have been a teenage guy. Uh, Yeah, because I had a crush on Sid Vicious, and the first one that I liked was his version of My Way, and he shot everyone at the end. And I have footage of me performing it at the Viper Room <laughs> with the same outfit and the same hairdo. Was that because he was a bad boy? Is that why you liked him? He was him? cute. <laughs> he was the pretty one. All that heroin can have a good John effect Moss on you. John Moss of the band. <laughs> the John Moss of the band. Yeah. It's only in retrospect you realise that every song Boy George was writing was about John, oh, wasn't it? all about, yeah. yeah. I, I could tell. There oh. was a photo of them kissing in the back of a limo. They were at it. And I thought, oh, I see. That's what, that's what all these tortured songs are about that don't have any gender. What publication ran that photo? They produced a book because they had an incredible fan base incredibly quickly, remember? It was a floppy one, When Cameras Go Crazy. I can't find it. No. When cameras go crazy, and I saw it in a bookshop in Brisbane, and if it's there in winter, I'm going, look what I did find. It's literature with Lance. Now reading from the book, Valley of the Dolls by... Jacqueline Suzanne. It's a little more elegant than Jackie Collins. I had to climb Mount Everest to reach the Valley of the Dolls. What does that mean? It's a metaphor. Best selling book ever. You've got to climb the top of Mount Everest to reach the Valley of the Dolls. It's a brutal climb to reach that peak, which so few have seen. I think it's megastardom. You never knew what was really up there, but the last thing you expected to find was the Valley of the Dolls. That's great. You stand there, waiting for a rush of exhilaration. You thought you'd feel, but it doesn't come. You're too far away to hear the applause and take your bows. I can't feel the waves of love coming back over the footlights anymore because they're all standing there filming you. Really, really long live video. Remember how Judy and Peggy and Marlena and people used to talk about the waves of love flowing back over the footlights? Mm. And now you've got a technological barrier between you and them, even if they're in the front row. Even if I've got fabulous seats, I just want to experience it. Lance, the reaction to my last interview with you and your history has been fantastic. All sorts of people have been in contact with us. They've been nice about it, yeah. They have, and we were out the other night and someone came up and went, Lance, you're on Planet Maynard. My favourite comment was from a wonderful singer, Samantha Leith. I said, I thought I sounded a little lacklustre. And she said, darling, you are a little lacklustre. You always were. You got it. Again, with a backhanded compliment. No, no, I was always a little... I was as lazy as Dean Martin. Standing on a corner Watching all the girls go by But I wasn't getting paid as much as Dean Martin, so I was even lazier. A lot of compliments on your makeup. On my makeup skills or the amount of makeup I'm wearing even as we speak. Both. Now I'm trapped with my quiff and my perfect eyebrows and my matte complexion. (laughs) This show is coming to you direct from Lance Leopard's bedroom. Boudoir. Which last time we were here we couldn't use because your mum was in here, wasn't she, Lance? Boudoir. Sorry, it's a boudoir. I mean, a few (laughs) questions raised by our last show. First of all, where have you been, Lance? What have you been doing out and about while you're preparing me a drink? And it's a non-alcoholic drink too. um, 
I've been pursuing Plastic Bertrand to ask him why the hell he ever thought he could possibly be the king of the divan. You are the king of the divan, but en passant. The king of the divan. All he could say was ooh, 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 ooh. Have you seen any great shows that we need to know about or should get yes, along I to? I on Sunday night. What did you see? I went to see Polly's Follies because it's still going at the Stonewall, which has an incredibly camp bar off the Stonewall. It's called the Diva Bar. It's got big paintings of the stars of Dynasty and feather lamps and fantasy lighting. My mother liked that bar. Did your mother enjoy her stay? She had a fantastic time. She was in fine form when we saw her. Polly's Folly's still on there too. People were asking, with Valley of the Dolls, that's definitely a great... Some people, you can see it once, and it's a cautionary tale. Or you can watch it over and over again until you know every single line from it. As you do. The faggots start explaining. What is hardly built like a boy, nearly. I could take that better. What What does that line mean? I could take that better. I couldn't compete. Madonna says it in Body of Evidence on the stand. I couldn't compete. Isn't that... You couldn't compete with you, with another woman? I couldn't compete with another man. I remember everyone in the theatre went, hoo-wah. I just remember everyone in the theatre said, she's a whore. And then she said, everyone in that courtroom thinks I'm a whore. Well, in LA, a lot of people did clap when she was drowned at the end. Oh, it had a spectacular ending. Yes. Faux fo- Hitchcock. There's this whole so. genre I've made up called Faux Hitchcock. I thought it was a great film. Have you ever seen animals make love, Frank? It's intense. We're not animals. Yes, we are. She is a beautiful woman. But when this trial is over, you will see her no differently than a gun or a knife or any other instrument used as a weapon. She is a killer. The women hate me. They think I'm a whore. Men don't marry women like her. I'm hard to resist. And what do you think of Dick Tracy, speaking of Madonna's movie career? Well, he had an ambition and he realised it. He wanted to make a cartoon in primary colours and he wanted them to look like they looked in the cartoon. In my opinion, Madonna can act when she's directed well and she's not the leading character. Like, when she was Susan, she flits through that film and she's effective. She's good in Dick Tracy because she plays a talentless, depression-era, torch singer in a cheap nightclub. Like an ersatz Gene Harlow type. You don't know if you want to hit me or kiss me. I get a lot of that. You know, it's legal for me to take you down to the station and sweat it out of you under the lights. I sweat a lot better in the dark. I know how you feel. You don't know if you want to hit me or kiss me. I get a lot of that. That song, Hanky Panky, never gets enough credit as being a great Madonna track. Some girls, they like candy. And others, they like to grind. I'll settle for the back of your hand. Well, just the other week at St. Vincent de Paul's uh, community store, I bought her album that she whipped out so she could have a hit with Vogue. But it was Dick Tracy time, so she just stuck it on the end of I'm Breathless, which were songs from the film that Stephen Sondheim wrote and other ones that she wrote that indulged the era. One of them's hilarious. It's called I'm Going Bananas. It's like a Carmen Miranda song. Warren Beatty was great because he's the only voice of sanity in the All of In Bed with Madonna movie. In the scenes that he allowed her to leave in. So there was other scenes where he went even more nuts than that, were there? There were just scenes that his lawyer had cut out. Any idea what he was doing in them? 
Nur da aber Kater. This is crazy. Nobody, nobody talks about this on film. Talks about what? The insanity of doing this all on a documentary. It, it, what? Well, this is a serious matter. Why should I stop here? Warren Beatty always has affairs with his leading ladies mm. and goes back and redoes his close-ups when the whole thing's finished. Then usually breaks up with the leading lady. Starting from Joan Collins all the way down to Madonna. Wow. Starting from one bitch and ending up with another. <laughs> And as soon as he finished with her, he ran up the aisle, didn't he? He She thought he was going to marry her. What would make her think that? He made her think that. And that's why she's good in Dick Tracy. She's effective in it. I remember seeing it and being very disappointed. It's long and disjointed, and it's got a stupid ending. She shines in her musical scenes. He cuts them to ribbons with action and editing from other scenes that are happening at the same time as she's on stage. So there's a huge production number that Stephen Sondheim wrote, more. It's like Diamonds for a Girl's Best Friend. And you only see bits of it because there's other dramas happening. I got rhythm, music too, just as much as One of the best scenes in Tank Girl, a Sondheim film. Am I, I right never, about I that? I never saw Tank Girl. What the hell is that? Sounds like Cole Porter to me, sir. Barbed wire. Now that is good. Barbed wire. I saw it on Christmas morning. Best time to see it. That time of year is great. I remember having a James Bond festival at that time of year, watching a whole bunch of James Bond movies on Foxtel. Have you even got a favourite Bond film? Bond a bit new gauche for you. Moon, probably one of the campus of the Roger Moore ones. Campus Roger Moore one. When I was a little boy, Roger Moore was James Bond. I didn't realise until I grew up that there was a 60s James Bond and, yes, and my, that Roger would leave. My first James Bond movie at the cinema was Live and Let Die. So oh. it was always Roger Moore. And, and I didn't know The Saint because I was too little to watch that on TV, so he was just James Bond. But then there's the one he did with Tony Curtis, The, the Persuaders, him and Tony Curtis together. That's a fabulous that, show. That's a great Joan show. Joan Collins is on that show. Take a pair of Playboys with nothing in common except trouble, a couple of bad guys, lots of fast Cars, some nice girls, shootouts, action, romance, and lots of groovy dancing. Put them all together and you've got the Persuaders. Roger Moore. Tony Curtis. I do all the worrying, all the thinking. All you have to do is take the risk. I'm sorry, I apologize. The Persuaders. Moonraker, a good one there. Star Wars was such a big hit, they had to send James Bond into outer space. And Shirley Bassey was back to sing the haunting theme. Just like a moon. Your movie history here where you least expect it at the home of Lance Lepper. No, no, good movies. All you can say is that's great, it moved me. What if you said that wasn't so great and it didn't move me? People would go, oh, tell me more. Was Jill St. John in it? <laughs> Lance, did you like the little bit of Mandrake the Magician that I used in the last show? It is late afternoon and we find Mandrake, just returned from abroad, seated before the fireplace in the library of his home, 
the house of mystery and many secrets. The giant Lothar stands silently regarding Mandrake, whose eyes are fixed dreamily on the dancing tongues of flame. Lothar, there's someone at the front door. Can't quite make up his mind whether to enter this house. Black magic. No, Lothar, white magic. Only the sources of evil deal in black magic. His arm stiffens as his fingers grip something cold and hard. I loved his catchphrase, which we have to use for here. Lance's ivory tower, he looks down upon the city where all secrets are hidden and revealed. What does that mean? Well, they're hidden until they're revealed. Ah. That's how I would have written it. Oh, now Lance has just dropped a pill that's it's dissolving. Hang on, this is not normally the kind of... Apple and black car and effervescent electrolyte tablet. If the show goes incredibly strange later... What pill are you having in your drink, Lance? I'm having an orange hydrolyte. So you're sweating up a storm here. All secrets are hidden and revealed. The house of mystery and many secrets. Does In Bev and Madonna hold up now in, in 2018? Yes, yeah, she looks young in it. <laughs> And she's a bitch. Didn't she get in trouble for having a, a teenage girl on stage and dancing with her in, in Australia? She got into trouble. Yes. For paying her dancers to perform in a tour and not a film at the same time. And they sued her. And the whole film, I remember, was about the hugging and the praying backstage. Give me a voice and let me put on a great show tonight and let everybody do the same. Amen. The most vile camp dancers. Well, although one, one of them did release a single, I do seem to remember. Well, dancing behind some ha- has been called Madonna. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Does anybody, you guys remember, you, you know uh, she is, yeah, right? She had a couple of hits, it's, yeah. You know, she's got blonde hair. and. Yeah. Oh, that's why she got the ones with the cones on her breasts, <laughs> right? You, you had to wear cones on your breasts too, didn't you? Yeah, but they were baby cones. Oh, right. They she- were baby. They also made another movie, didn't it come out two years ago? And they'd all forgiven her or something? They're probably still holding her hands backstage. At some point in that film, her hair stops being a hairpiece and becomes Shirley Temple hair. Sure, go outside for a moment. No, notice that the background noise gets a bit louder. I do apologise for that. Listen to the sound <laughs> of the city. See, this is why I like Lance. He knows the opening line to the greatest movie ever made, Can't Stop the Music. Why did Olivia turn it down? I read your book. Olivia turned it down to do Xanadu. Why didn't they do them back to back? I've spoken to Olivia Newton-John about this. However, Mm. Valerie Perrine's much more talented and has much more um, vivacity. Village people didn't seem to like working with her. With Valerie Perrine? I don't know why. Well, she wasn't a village person, was she? Because they had just come off an 80-city tour in 70 days or something like that and went straight into the production of the movie. It was a very busy year for them. Let's see why Olivia couldn't have dashed it off. I mean, wasn't Steve Gutenberg make a porn film the year before? Did he really? Yes, he did. A straight one. Because he is... Without roller skate. There's just some scenes in that movie you could happily live in. The backyard scene where they're all singing and the food's coming out with the contact lens and the lasagna. Good scene. Magic night. Magic Melodious of their songs, maybe. It's the most 1930s let's put on a show moment in the yeah, movies. Yeah. You know they're going to make it to Frisco and be a hit. Why are they dressed so funny? Well, they're from the village. That's why they're called uh, village people. Oh. With the movie Can't Stop the Music, do you look back on that as a good experience or not? At the time, we, we were living zombies. When we filmed that movie, we just finished our national tour in the United States of... 46 cities in 54 days. Now, you sh- everyone should try that That's a real one. Bruce Springsteen sort of thing. So. Yes. And then we went right into the movie filming. 
we were pretty, pretty exhausted. We would have had more fun if we'd been able to rest up and Valerie and Bruce. And uh, Why do you think Australia really went for You Can't Stop the Music, the film? One of the main reasons is the first thing that we noticed about the Aussies was that they don't have any trouble having a good time. You know, they accept something for what it is. They say, okay, this is totally stupid, but it's fabulous. <laughs> I'll go along with that. Why are we always talking about the village people? Because there's so much to say about them, Lance. Since I confessed everything to you, I was watching a documentary called The Joy of Disco, and Randy was being interviewed. My cowboy, two years ago, looking fantastic and being Randy. I think he sometimes runs a bar in New York or owns a bar in New oh, York. So does, does he reclaim the, his rightful role of Randy when he wants to and stops being Randy when he doesn't want to? I, I don't know where he sits legally with them now, particularly now that they've had to be the kings of dis- Randy from the original group. He's the mm. cutest one. He can do whatever he wants. He probably still has the chaps. Well, they're his work clothes. Village people! That's fantastic! You see me today wearing my work clothes. I know. In, in the basic black, you've got the large safety pin. You've got two crucifixes around your neck there, Lance. Have you come over all Catholic while I wasn't looking? No, I like crucifixes because I've got a naked guy on them. I remember reading in Smash Hits in 1984, Madonna saying that. Neil Tennant really should have had some great outrageous statements to make. Didn't seem to have that many outrageous statements in Smash Hits compared to Madonna. I thought that maybe Lady Gaga in retrospect had written Poker Face about Neil because he's hilarious when you listen to his words. But mm. I went to his party and I ironed his clothes from backstage because their ironer went missing. <laughs> And burnt this, their clothes. Is this the one at DCM? It was at the entertainment centre and there was a party at DCM ah, afterward. Yes, we were only invited if um, Adrian turned into Kylie. <laughs> and I said, well, I brought Kylie. How are you? And he said, you burnt our clothes. And I said, we're not ironers. Where is your ironer? You're the Pet Shop Boys, haven't you got... No, she went missing on ecstasy at the Phoenix or something. <laughs> I have spoken about that party in other places, but not here, Lance, not now. I blame the gays. <laughs> that poor replacement in Banana Rama lost the plot when she came no, out here. Jackie I O'Sullivan. The they came to the Mad Club. There's a photo of me and Jackie O'Sullivan together at the Mad Club on a Monday. Did someone throw up on her shoe at the Mad Club, or did she throw up on someone's shoe? They did that moment that you see in Ab Fab, where they all got out of the car and almost all fell on each other because mm. they'd been drinking beforehand. They had that moment. Hello? Jackie from Bananarama. You know why they toured? I loved their tour at the Horton. It was great. It was like a little greatest hits do tour. Their, do you remember their um, encore? Shut through the heart and you're to blame. He love but it was a disco version. <laughs> I was thrilled. I had to do that tour because they said we're not touring until the Pet Shop Boys tour and they're too lazy to tour and then the Pet Shop Boys tour so they had to. It's interesting listening back to that interview I did with Jackie O'Sullivan common of interviews with international stars at the time there was always a lot of talk about safe sex and particularly condom use. Well there was an identifiable ribbon that you had to wear for a long time even to the Oscars even if it didn't go with your outfit. I had one made up in um, red latex by Glamour Pussy and I just wore it everywhere. Let me just say, from what I've heard recently, maybe they should start wearing them again. The younger set are making all the same mistakes that we did. They didn't go to lots of funerals and have to take ecstasy because they'd just been to a funeral. You would open the Star Observer and the Star Observer were just full of memorials. The paper would be thick of that. And that was one of the greatest warnings of all time. That was the thing, yeah. Especially if your name wasn't in it because it made you look cheap. But sometimes they didn't ask you if you wanted to donate and have your name in it. 
any copies of Star Observer stored anywhere? Is there a place online? They would have everything. Because Capital Kids, everyone had to leave within an hour. But I'd, I'd retired two weeks before. <laughs> so I was the only person who got paid and left with all of my things. Lance, we are overlooking. Darling Hills looks surprisingly peaceful this afternoon. It's not loud today. They're not rebuilding it. They're just letting the ghetto alone for the day. There's not much of the ghetto left, but I know certain little areas that you've got to nick around a corner and you can find it as it was originally. And there's one just next to my house. How come Turner Movies hasn't had you on to do a night, to do a night on Turner Movies? You'd be perfect for it. They don't even have it anymore. They don't have that channel anymore. They stopped running it. They stopped running TCM, and I don't even know. I went to Brisbane last year to watch Mum's Foxtel. It was a nightmare. There weren't eight Joan Crawford movies on in a row. And they disappeared Bill Collins. No, Bill's still on. Where is he? He's there on Saturday nights only, and he plays three pictures. He's looking a little thinner, but he looks and sounds like Bill Collins. I'm Bill Collins, and I'm very happy to listen to Maynard. He's great. And I love it. He's an Australian icon that doesn't get enough credit because he also knows an enormous amount about new movies as well. I met him. My mum took me to a morning tea at a lovely hotel. He's tall, with him. isn't he? He is a tall man and his, his wife Joan's a lovely woman. She is too. Yeah. <laughs> you would have loved that. She doesn't look like Alexis Carrington. Just the other week, we were down the road, up at the Oxford. Down the road or up the street. We were dancing around to Neil Hume upstairs, DJ Neil Hume. And then we went downstairs to join Sveta, DJ Sveta, the DJing legend of Sydney. Svetlana, the white Russian goddess. And what happened was, I basically texted you, I said, I'm up at the Oxford, Lance, and then you text back, be there in two seconds. And I had time to read, be there in two seconds. I looked up, and there you were in front of me. It's like you were teleported. It's because I live in a back alley. You can dodge the traffic. No, I knew every back alley. I knew every alley in Darlinghurst when I was popular because I used to walk up them so I didn't get bugged or if I wasn't looking my best or if it was Monday morning. A lot of drag queens and baseball caps wandering up the same little alleys. And sometimes you would have to make a hasty exit from somewhere, Lance. No, not really. Oh, come on, lads. I always knew when to go. And is it good just to quietly sneak away or make a big thing of saying hooray? What do you prefer to do? It depends on how long you want to stay there and say goodbye for. And it depends who you're saying goodbye to. If you've done your duty and enjoyed yourself, you can just nick off. That's true. And if your friends say anything about it, say, well, do I ask every detail of your life? I went, didn't I? Could you explain, how can a normal night out, like you've just gone for a drink up the road or something, turn into a night that's gone completely nuts in a good way? Can you give us an example of some time that's happened to you? Many times, like the night that you were just talking about. Yes, that's why I thought that was just you and me meeting up and then suddenly the night went nuts. And suddenly it was Svetlana's birthday and it was a yes. new club. We and dancing around to the communard. And the scene was back. Suddenly the scene was back. People were coming up, spotting you. Do you remember that girl who bowed down on the floor? And I said, get up, you're embarrassing yourself and me. See, it's almost we should have the In Bed With Madonna cameras with you, but we didn't know we needed them that night, Lance. There's no need to now. Everybody's telephone. They, they don't even call them their phones. They call them their cameras. Do you think a lot of, if you were doing gossip now, a lot of that would be short-circuited by people just having photos of what went on so they don't need gossip anymore? No, because the real gossip is what isn't filmed and photographed. What do you think is a drag show you saw that unexpectedly went very wrong and you went, oh dear. 
I love Claire dearly, and it was at the very beginning of Claire's career. Claire Deloon. It's a famous chef. Claire's Kitchen. Les Salon, Les Salon. Mm -hmm. Claire is one of the kings of the divan. It was uh, a French song, of course, and it was maybe a very early performance of his. That Grace Jones, La Vie en Rose. When you're not wildly talented or you haven't worked out all those tricks yet and you're more of a personality than a performer, it was an incredibly long song that there wasn't much to do in. And about halfway through I thought, I bet you're bored, Bridget Clare. And I said, snappy three-minute songs like Strut by Sheena Easton are always winners. <laughs> I know what you mean, darling. So Never I, again. I saw Claire do a great show, and basically the show was started in full drag and makeup. And, dr- and ended up at, yeah, and I, Charles Aznavour. Claire was miming to his own voice because he'd recorded yeah. it. It was a great moment where he was able to remove his eye makeup in one go. Heard women in the audience audibly gasp at the effectiveness of the eye makeup remover. It was probably Crisco oil. Does that really work well? It just dissolves it immediately. I imagine that's not good for your skin long term. Well, not as drag makeup. That's a good point. Drag makeup's a whole different creature to female makeup, so they have to use olive oil and disgraceful things like that to get it off. There's wax over their eyebrows. It has to be dissolved, basically. It can't be washed off. By the way, Lance is now wearing pineapple sunglasses, Elton John style. I was thinking the other day, why hasn't anyone gone to the party ever as the cover of Goodbye Yellow Big Road? With the bomber jacket, the flares, the platforms and the feather boa and the glasses. Maybe that's too subtle. We've got some other letters to Lance. Now, this is an interesting one. Mark O'Brien, who's a Patreon to us, and thank you for supporting the show, Mark. He writes, chopsticks or not, should we teach kids to use those bamboo contraptions or chopsticks an anachronism? Chopsticks. Yes. It's a song. It's a really simple piece of piano that you teach children. I'd like to return to the classics. I don't eat with them myself because nobody ever showed me how to. And I'm... What's the word when you're white? Occidental? Or are you just allowed to be called white? I don't think we have to worry about this show being un-PC, Lance. We crossed that boundary a while ago. But it's important to me. Chopsticks to me is just it's that awful song that Tom you'll lose Marilyn Monroe over to the piano in a seven year reach remember and then seduces her <laughs> bum, 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 bum. why did you stop you knew why I stopped don't stop why do you stop you know why why because because now I'm going to take you in my arms and kiss you. And so every time I think of chopsticks, um, Mr. Oberon, O'Brien. Also, as far as cutlery goes, what is your position on splades and sporks, Lance? I like splades. I always have, especially when they come in those nice sort of dusty velour boxes. From the my, and they're in drawers at your mother's house. Are you a uh, collector of spoons? My parents had them from all bowling clubs around New South Wales. Now I like to buy everything crazy and mismatched. Mm. Like all the mugs are different and all the forks and spoons are different here because I buy one that I like. I've remained an avid opportunity shopper. Chopsticks. 
They're like feng shui. They're not the way I was brought up. But I'm lazy. I don't know a second language. And what do you think of Marilyn's performance in that movie? She's hilarious in it. She was truly funny. Where, where was that in her career? That's the movie that stopped her being a musical comedy star. Like, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and How to Marry a Millionaire. That was the film that was from a famous play on Broadway that they bought for her. And the film that made her a superstar. That skirt blowing up, the, the cutout outside uh, yes. the theatre was 50 storeys high or something. What's your position on something's got to give the movie that was being made when she died? She was going to be in that with <laughs> Dean Martin. Do you think that that would have been any good from what we've seen of the, what they did shoot of it? It couldn't have been any worse than they remade it as Move Over Darling with Doris Day. Hello, I'm Doris Day. And on the other side of this hedge, James Garner, who plays my husband, is making love to Polly Bergen, who plays his wife. Now, wait a minute. What am I saying? I'm his wife and she's his wife. Hmm? That's right. And if you want to have the laugh of your life, watch them unscramble this torrid triangle in their new movie, Move Over Darling. It's a stupid film. There's no way Marilyn could have been trapped on an island for that long with white skin and white hair and a full Jean-Louis wardrobe. I'm sorry. <laughs> in her heels. She looked magnificent. Her and Dean would be like jam on toast. Amanda wants to know... Amanda. Amanda, she wants to know, why did you jump in the pool at their party? Why did you jump in the pool at her party, Amanda wants to know. Amanda, I didn't jump in the pool at your party. I was pushed. And there is some rumours about you pushing famous people into pools yourself in nightclubs, Lance. It's a tribute to the dynasty cat fights that we all enjoyed so much in the 80s. When Claire and Varushka were running home on Sunday nights, before YK2 didn't happen, they'd added a jacuzzi to the open-air area with lots of white towels. And Where was this? Where was at, this? At home nightclub down at Darling Harder. Nobody was going near it, and Nell had turned up from an awards night in a lovely long red chiffon gown, and I was wearing a decent outfit, and my hair was done. And I said, look, we should start some action there. And she said, let's do it. And I said, you miserable bitch, and pushed her into it. And she dragged me in after her. And I said, my hair. Then we sort of had it out in it, and Claire brought us out robes and head towels and brandies. So it all ended well? No, it ended with Nell dancing naked on the dance floor underneath a green fun fur of Claire's because I'd ruined her designer gown. On Dynasty, who won that? Did Alexis Carrington win that? Crystal always won their cat fights because she was bigger. But Alexis did have the the lily pond drained because a diamond ring had been dragged off her finger in it, which was a huge hassle and they all hated it. Has history been fair to Jane Fonda? Yes, because she's um, revised history and put it in its place in her book as she wanted to. Jane Fonda, for all of her feminism, she sort of lives through... She identifies through the men that she's with. So when she was with the political one in the 70s, she was political. And then when she was Mrs Ted Turner, she suddenly had boobs and bleached hair. And when she was with Roger Vadam, she was... As close to Bridget Bardot as Barbarella could get. Do you think Barbarella is one of those great movies that you have to see? I think you need to see Barbarella once. What marvellous little girls! Hi! 
Do you speak English? It's a stupid film. I just think it's a great metaphor for children generally, where those children come along and just the bite little, you. The little doll children yeah. with the sharp teeth. Oh, I mean, the birds viciously attack. Oh, the darling little birds. Yeah. And they start viciously attacking yep. Life's never what you think it is. Yes, it's worth seeing because when she has an orgasm in an orgasm machine, her hair sort of barrels up and then unbarrels and gets wild. And then somehow there's another hair piece going on. Oh, oh sort of nice, isn't it? And she's a funny comedic actress. She always was. One of Lance's neighbours is just putting out their washing. It's a lovely social spot up here, Lance. You meet everybody in the building. We've also had to move because Lance was just getting too much UV. But no, no, I got the right amount for what I needed. News has broken across the world, Lance, which yeah. is, it's probably even reached your high plateau here, that ABBA are going to release something new, and they might even do a bit of a hologram show. How is the news of ABBA releasing something new and sort of getting back together? the hologram show, I mean, Frida gets to stand on stage and perform, which is really what she's good at and she'd like to do. How do you feel about The Day Before You Came? With That's Bo? my favourite ABBA song. It was their last single. Oh yes, I'm sure my life was well within its usual frame. Monge also covered? Yes. Mm. Yeah, and their version is um, equally sombre. I must have gone to lunch at half past twelve or so, the usual place, the usual bunch. And still on top of this, I'm pretty sure it must have rained. The day before you came. You could talk it, you could shatner that In song. In fact, I think there's not a single episode of Dallas that I haven't seen. I must have gone to bed. So everything changes because it's the day before he came. And I was in Palm Beach with um, Shane Mannix once and he, he thought it was an unhappy song. Everything was fine the day before you came. And I said, no, it's a love song. It's a listen to how monotonous and dull her life is. She's watching Dallas instead of Dynasty. I'd forgotten what a hot track summer night city is. And because when people think that ABBA just all made great songs, I point you to the B-side of Summer City, which is Pick a Bale of Cotton. dressed band weren't they see Summer Night City is a song you could play and it's not a bad ever song and it's one of the few that isn't overplayed it's one of the few songs with the word summer and the um, title that's bearable Summer Night's Grease not one you can handle it's not the best song from Grease Sandy's the best song from Grease Stranded at the Dragon Tim Ferguson has even sent some... Tim Ferguson wanted to know, and he sends his greetings. Freebie Fergie. He wants to know, at what point does something fascinating become dull? 
At what point does that happen? If anyone can point that moment out to us, Lance, or describe it. Yeah. I think when you figure out that you could do it yourself. What about on a date or something, on an evening out? At what point do you go, ah, I think I should be going? I think they're fascinating from the beginning or they've just never been fascinating and I wouldn't be on that date because they weren't fascinating enough to go on a date with. So are you suggesting you've never made a mistake in going out with a date with someone you perhaps shouldn't have and realised it halfway through? That's never happened. Well, how do I put this? I was never really the type of boy that people invited out on dates into restaurants. Is that because of your eating habits? No. I'm not sure. And the first man who took me to a restaurant I married. The greatest compliment we got on, on our last podcast, Lance, was that this uh, gentleman wrote... What did he write? Well, he wrote, It was a very long show, comma, but I loved every syllable. Oh. Isn't that a great compliment? So you didn't find it lacklustre? No, he did not find it lacklustre at all. He had loved every syllable. And to me, who's someone who spent a lot of time editing it and, and putting all our syllables together, that is a you, wonderful compliment. I had to interview people at the papers a lot. and At Outrage, I had to interview somebody every month. And I thought that I would be better at it. What did you not seem to be doing right that you wish you did? Talking about myself a lot. Isn't that what you meant to do in your interview? Every time I go out, people ask me things and I just like, can I just give a press release? Do I have to explain everything every time? People, I know that sounds ungrateful. Now, people do tend to want to know the same things. They've got no clue who I am. Now, you look interesting. What do you do? What's your name? Oh, here we go again. So I just lie. I say my name's Aspen and I do vanilla porn. <laughs> For Falcon. Vanilla porn. My name's Aspen. My first name's Denver. Denver Aspen. Can we actually wander out the building and go to lunch? You want to go down the corner? Let me let let me have a look at my notes. If you want Lance to answer anything in future, just just let us anything. He will answer anything. You might not like the answer, but he will give it to you. Well, if you ask fun questions like, "What are you wearing right now? Do you eat orange ice cream?" I've got to say, he has great black Converse shoes on. They're They're cool, aren't they? Yeah. I got them at an opportunity shop. What is your hot pick for the Sydney opportunity shop that you should check out? The St. Vincent de Paul's in Queen's Park. Lana Turnip's brother runs the florist there. That's all I know. That's all you need to know. Timing and lighting is everything. I've realised now I'm older. I only take selfies if there's no photographer around. Uh, Luckily, I have really long arms. I don't have to use that stupid stick and it never looks like a selfie. Ever. Looks like I'm chatting to people and waving. And as soon as I see somebody out, I say, could you take a photo of my friend and I so we can see our shoes in it? What else you've noted down here, Lance? I've been called an icon and I've been called worse. It won't be easy. You'll think it's strange when I try to explain (laughs) who I am and what I do exactly. Do you often start writing and end up finishing something with 70s lyrics? Can you hear the drums, Fernando? You can yell that at people who aren't getting it. I'll turn around, Bright Eyes. Logical thoughts constantly thry through my head like a flock of seagulls. Don't believe that.
There's not a single episode of Dallas that I haven't seen. I must have gone to bed. On Maynard.com.au. Hey, you! And the scene was back. Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.